Esteemed guests, Monsieur Mangus here, welcoming you back to a special recording here of End of Regulation, Season 2, Episode 2, Nick Gray. A podcast dedicated to changing the sports and entertainment industry one episode at a time, here to provide you with a week-by-week breakdown of everything you've missed. Only, we'll keep you entertained and educated while doing so and bring a little bit of money to your pocket. That's right. Let's go ahead and meet the crew in the studio tonight, live from Richmond, head of production, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? That's Richmond, Richmond, Virginia, all the way from. I'm doing great tonight, G. Good to hear, man. Next up, live from the West Coast, San Francisco, Harry Douglas. How we doing, kid? Doing good, boys. Good to be back in the studio. Let's get it done. Glad to hear it. Well, our friend from the swamp is not going to be joining us tonight, but I'm excited to be here with you all, some of the brightest minds in showbiz, but a very special guest here tonight to talk to us about taking the music industry by storm. So let's go ahead and get it. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. You got my vote. Number one man. Greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We're going to go ahead and give you guys a rundown of what we're going to do tonight. Special guest interview, a little bit of banner, and buzzer beaters. But most importantly, we'll just go ahead and kick it off. Our special guest tonight made headlines back in 2016 with his debut project, Northside. Since then, he's made serious headway, just wrapping up a nationwide tour. With his most recent project, Bittersweet, available on iTunes and Spotify now, hailing from Boston, Massachusetts, Nick Gray. How we doing, kid? <laughs> I'm doing super good. I'm, so, I'm happy that you guys uh, reached out to me. This is cool. Well, listen, obviously, we're very glad to have you on board we're stoked to be able to obviously have somebody that has done what you've done. Uh, and we obviously want to hear a little bit about the early stages of your life, your career now, and obviously what's ahead for you. So um, I'll go ahead and just kind of kick it off with a pretty simplistic question for you uh, in terms of just how everything begun. You know, how is it that you got into music and, and what kind of kicked it off for you? Uh, so music... When I think back now, it's something that was just always there. I never really, I never put it in front as if I thought it was something that I would seriously pursue doing. I always never knew what I really wanted to do. Um, but I was, I always found myself making like funny jingles and like simple guitar songs and piano songs and just like having fun. And then I started like doing it in like rap form and I liked it a lot, and other people liked it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of sick. Um, and then just through all the stuff, through just working, trying to get by, pay rent, like, that's one thing that never left me. So I just kept doing it, and that's honestly, it's had some positive results, which is pretty cool. So I guess that's why I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah, man. All right. So, so you said guitar, piano, like how many instruments can you actually play? And I guess my first question about all of this is, do you make your own beats, like production, all of that? How, how does that all go down? 
Uh, so I do have the ability to make beats. Uh, Northside, I produced, I'd say, like 80% of it. Um, I get, I have some help from some close friends. Um, on tour with me was Rolex Daytona. He was the DJ for the tour, but he's also a producer. He's really good with all, like, the little stuff, little intricacy, like, details and stuff. And then I have another buddy, Baby J, who was just a wizard. And, um, they're, they're my main, they were my main two guys who else I worked with on Northside. But I produced, like, the first couple songs that really popped off, like, Favors, Samantha, Slow Motion. I produced those entirely. Um, obviously, I had a, an engineer, Spare Monkey, who did, like, all the mixing and made it sound good in the end. But, um, yeah, I can produce, um... I like it. It's not like my biggest strength, but I do definitely enjoy that. Uh, as far as instruments, um, I my mom had me in piano lessons like really young. I it was, she just like it wasn't something I was like yeah I love it like she was just like no you're gonna go to your lesson like you're gonna do the piano so I did it and I picked up some skills and retained them nothing crazy but basic enough to put like chords and songs and stuff together and then. Um, I started learning guitar around, like, sixth grade. Again, I'm okay. I can play it. I'm not, like, crazy good at it, but I can do enough to, like, make a song with it. So um, yeah. that, that's pretty much it. And then, you know, I can fumble around with other stuff, but I'm not super good at anyone, anything in particular. What I, what I appreciate the most is kind of the collaboration that we've started to see a little bit more in the hip-hop industry, which is the collaboration of instrumental and lyricism. I want to kind of hear from you, like what your biggest inspiration was. It sounds like you've got obviously a little bit of a classical background in terms of like piano and, and obviously guitar. And then obviously now with your hip hop influence, um, want to hear a little bit about whether past or present who have kind of been your biggest inspirations. Yeah. Um, my musical taste, it's gone through like almost every genre, like early on I was into like rock stuff, like the some 41 type rock. And then um, I kind of got into Eminem when he got popping with the, the My Name Is track. That was like, I was super young, but I was like, you know, found myself attached to this stuff. Then I kind of fell back into the rock stuff again, um, like went through the Led Zeppelins and the Pink Floyds, like all, like the older stuff that you just kind of have to discover on your own. And then um, in high school, I got back into the rap stuff. I obviously went, I kind of started from the beginning like most people did found like the Tupacs and the Biggies and like all like you know the super old school stuff as well and then I got into the modern stuff and then I started really taking inspiration from like mainstream like I always loved Drake like when he came out I thought his style was like his I was like well no one's gonna be able to touch this dude back when he like first dropped and I really admired how he put words together yeah how he put words together with, like, the melodies and the lyricism and the emotion. I was like, this dude's, like, a wizard. And, um, but I also found, like, the J Electronicas who were just doing, saying crazy stuff, like, mind-blowing metaphors, mind-blowing, like, rhyme schemes. And, like, MF Doom, who was just, like, off the chart with, like, wild flows, wild wordplay. And, like, I, f- I love all of that type of stuff. Um... So that's I was I was influenced from like a ton of stuff, um, so I guess I guess if that's kind of what makes your mu- music what it is, it's like everything that's like kind of general. But I really listen to a lot of different stuff. That's cool. Yeah, that's- nice little collab of everything. 
Yeah, and and to that point, you know, you, you said you started making, you started off making jingles, and then you know now you're on iTunes and Spotify, and just finished up a, a nationwide tour. Uh, and and to that point, uh, you know, what what would you say has kind of been like your secret to growth, um, you know, within the music industry, and or like what what contributing factors you think have played most into it? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I don't even really see myself in the industry per se. Like when people say the industry, I don't even think I really broke into it. Like I've seen some success among like any person who's like starting out. Like I I found a way to get to my numbers to grow and like make good music. But I kind of base it on more of like a personal thing where like I have this feeling where I'll write a song and then I'll be like, whoa, like this like I feel like I just leveled up a little and then I'll play it to a close person they're like whoa this is like better than the last batch and that has been that has just kept happening since I started doing it like recognizing these level up points and that honestly is what drives me to keep going is like to keep trying to find that next feeling of like the level up and I guess if you can keep leveling up in the right way then it'll translate into, like, the industry, per se, where you'll start moving up those ranks. So, um, yeah, I don't remember the base of the question, but basically, like, um, I just personally feel like I can keep moving up, which hopefully will translate into something bigger than just me. Yeah. So, uh, on on that note, uh, you dropped Northside in 2016, and I was looking at some of the plays, and a lot of the plays are, like, you know, 10K, 20K, uh, 40k and then you had your juggling for nothing come out and that sort of took off and then k camp got on and remixed it so can you walk us through how that sort of went down like he you know that's a, pr- a pretty prominent name um in the music industry xxl freshman you know that's that's a big deal so how did that go down and you know wh- what did you or how did, how did it kind of you know, take your career to the next level after yeah. that yeah yeah so um it it started with juggling I made juggling before any of the north side stuff. Excuse me. And um we dropped juggling. It started doing like juggling was one of those songs that like the play count just kept going up, like I mean relative to like play counts, but to my collection it was one that just kept going up. And um I mean it still goes up. It's still I still I lo- I still love the song, but um made juggling and there was no real like plan like all right, we're going to make this song, then we're going to make the album. It was, it's really just always, all right, I'm just going to make a bunch of songs and see what sticks. So juggling kind of gave us some momentum, some energy, some inspiration. Started making that collection of tracks, which would end up being Northside. Um, We dropped Northside. That got like a little attention. And then someone who was kind of had a foot in their door. um, A couple people like reached out based off juggling. Got me introduced to like a couple other people a little bit higher up and then um i had someone reach out to me from the company i'm now managed by madden uh madden co uh someone from them reached out to me based on juggling and um basically like you know we want to work with you we think the song's great we've listened to your other stuff um we'd like to work with you um and they he had the guy who reached out to me had a connection with k camp showed camp the song camp fucked with it enough to want to hop on it um so that all kind of happened and that kind of just led to where i am now um just a couple moves and then led that company to put me on the tour with uh the band water parks who's the headliner 
But, um, yeah, it was just kind of like juggling Northside. Company reached out to me, K-Camp, tour. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Honestly, this is, this is really crazy. I know that, you know, you've been seeing yourself progress to different levels and obviously pushing yourself to get there. Um, for us, kind of in a similar situation, trying to, to better ourselves more and more and trying to get more streams, trying to get more growth, um, all of which seemingly is organic on both parts. It's really cool to see tens of thousands of views on, on your art, you know, something that you've, you've made, um, you know, so, so high praise to that, no doubt. And would love to kind of hear from you, you know, what the kind of biggest obstacles that you faced were, um, you know, whether it be from a personal standpoint or from a musical standpoint, um, and how you kind of overcame those. Cool. Yeah. Um, a couple obstacles, one that is an obstacle for everybody who tries to pursue a passion is money. Um, you need money to get things done. You need money to finish products, to make them polished, to make them quality. So there's always the constant grind of saving up money to put towards the craft. That's a grind that'll never stop, and that's one that's always been present. Um, more on the personal side, uh, the struggle to stay inspired, the struggle to, you know, physicalize emotions into material. Um, you got to find inspiration somewhere. Sometimes it's dark places, sometimes it's happy places, but you got to find a way to understand the emotion and pull yourself out of it enough to develop a piece of art from it. Um, so it's hard enough dealing with emotions, but then imagine trying to create something from the emotions. That's like, that's always a challenge. But again, that's kind of a challenge, like climbing a mountain, like it feels great when you like get to the top of it. Um, other struggles, finding good in, in life in general, finding good people to surround yourself with that will push you forward and pick you up and, um, you know, have your back. And then that also translates to the business side of things because you need people who you can trust with your business and have your interests in mind equally as they have their own in mind. Um, that's super tough. You know, you might only find a handful if that. So that's that's honestly another struggle. Um, I'd say those are pretty much the main struggles that uh, I deal with and most people deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely on that money grind struggle. I hear yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Harry, what do you so got next, for so, us? Uh, yeah, I was going to say another thing I was I was interested in. So um, one thing I've been noticing in rap recently is, you know, I'm, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you you know, listen to J. Cole. He had one song called 1985 on his last album. Uh, ASAP Rocky also had a, a song with uh, Tyler, the creator that came out uh, called Potato Salad. And one thing that I noticed in both those songs is that they were kind of, talking a bit of shit about you know the new age rappers i think asap refers to them as like the mumble rappers and things like that uh, i just want to see if you have any thoughts on like kind of like the old guard of rap and and their relationship with you know this new age of rappers that are trying to come you know come up and make it on their own uh yeah and, um and if it kind of helps you or hurts you or anything like that yeah um there's definitely i just look at it as different styles there's just different styles of rap. Some the people what are where it gets generalized as mumble rap. It's just it's a different type type of rap. Um, I think the basis of all good songs is emotion, 
it's an emotion that gets across in the song enough to make you feel it and those mumble tracks they have a they have an emotion in them that hits a lot of people it might it might not necessarily be a specific word or words or phrases but there's an emotion in it um the same way that there is in lyrical and you get an emotion from the words that the person's saying in the way that they're saying them um i don't have like a an either or like i wouldn't pick a side i definitely get inspiration from both sides um but yeah i mean there is there is different stuff there's no doubt it's it's really you know at the end of the day what which one do you get a better emotion from that suits you that you like it's um i don't think there should be a battle right right yeah no it's 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 definitely interesting i mean i i I listen to just about all of it (laughs) so i'm kind of the same boat as you like it's it just maybe it depends on the the mood you're in at the time that makes you want to listen to it or from the artist standpoint it's just you know whatever you know however they came up or whatever they think you know works and obviously you know whether it's j cole asap or or you know someone newer they're all you know successful in their own right so you know definitely interested to yeah i mean interesting to hear your thoughts on it also just in the general air of things there's like such a need people feel such a need to pick sides with things today like it doesn't matter what what it is it can be the the lanny or yarl thing like people are like picking hard sides you know what i mean that translates translates into politics it translates into music it translates into veganism versus carnivore the carnivore (laughs) diet like you know what i mean it's like people people just want to pick a side and feel like they're part of a group and be able to yell something at somebody else it's like um i don't know it's like mob mentality it's it's like I don't know. I don't. I'm not part of it. So, um, but but I think it definitely contributes to the whole thing in rap music. No, I appreciate that. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes down to the old school rap versus the new wave SoundCloud rappers, uh, people that are unsigned to the label, you know, you don't have to listen. You know, if it's if it's not your thing, you don't have to jam to it. I think I've gotten caught up to it. You've kind of given me a, a different way, a different perspective, so to say, to look at it. I've always kind of looked at it as these guys are kind of like a kind of a growth, almost like a you know a cancer <laughs> to the industry. Yeah. But at yeah. the end of the day, like you know, they're progressing the industry in some shape or form. So it's cool to hear it from somebody that's actually you know you know on the front lines dealing with it. So very cool. Tom, you, got you describe it like you describe it like it's like some enemy. Yeah, yeah. Trying to come back. I'm, I mean, it's, I'm dead. It's uh, it's refreshing to hear that you're you know you're le- you're open to it. You know, everybody's got their own thing, and I can yeah. I can definitely agree with that. Um, and I think that's probably something you saw on tour. Like you're on tour with like five or six different you know different groups. Uh, one being a rock band. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this tour that just ended? Yeah, so uh, it was the entertainment tour uh, with Water Parks. They were the headliners, uh, cool dudes. Um, they're kind of like uh, pop punk, um, you know, nice melodic, like emotional, like hard jam music. Like, it's sick. Um, and there was two other bands. Uh, I don't know how, but they found me. Um, some kind of like groovy, like groovy, almost funk type stuff, like super cool sound. Uh, and then there was this group, Super Whatever, like this kind of like grungier like like this hard kind of rock like almost felt like perfect like 90s movie like rock music like super clean but dirty and like had emotion in it and then there was this other dude Dwayne Jackson um 
he reminded me of like Jimi Hendrix in a way. He'd always be either listening to Jimi or Kanye before he went on. But he had a super cool style. Um, it was the tour. All the music was was similar, but super different in ways. Um, I was I was definitely one of the most different acts on the tour because uh, it was a more of like rock kids, and I was like more harder on the hip hop side. But um, definitely connected with a, a lot of people more than I thought I would, which was dope. Um, I think they really liked the vibe of the songs and the fact that they could understand me and that I was talking about dealing with, like, real things and real-life issues that they're all dealing with. And, um, you know, I think it was entertaining at the same time, too. Um, But the tour was sick. We started in Florida, went up to Connecticut, up the East Coast, across the country, to the middle of it, down to Colorado, Utah, uh, Nevada, up through Cali a little, back down across to Texas, crazy saw so many saw places i've never seen huh? best saw best city best city. everyone always says this it's a t- it's tough one of the best shows i'd say was virginia uh because yes, wow yeah, virginia all right yeah we it, personally i just really found my stride on stage that night and the crowd was sick everyone was like super cool it energy was on 10 it was amazing um another sick city was salt lake city in utah just a cool city super cool city Mormons um, popping off. Yeah, I don't know. I did. I don't know how many were Mormon, but if they were all Mormon, <laughs> they were they were pretty cool, man. I gotta say. Um, but yeah, we did. We stopped in Sacramento. I really like Sacramento. That looked. That city looked like one straight out of like a nice movie. Like it was just beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, so Midwest was cool. Um, kind of how I imagined it. Uh, <laughs> um, but said. it was cool. The thing was, though, at, at all the shows, all the people were super cool. It didn't matter where you went. Um, all the people were really cool and just honestly there to have a good time and to jam and to forget about problems if they were having them and, you know, find new music and meet new people. And it, it was really sick. Like, it was a life experience for sure. Well, we got to do it to you. What was the craziest story you got from being on tour? Um... Damn, I don't know. There was honestly, we didn't even have time to party. If you want to say party, there we didn't have any time. <laughs> we would um, we would have to leave the shows. We'd leave at like eleven thirty each night, and we'd have a show the next day. And we usually would have to drive three hours after the show, and then wake up and drive another three hours to get to the venue, to do like be there early enough to set up and all that. So we honestly didn't have time to do anything crazy. Um. What we did find time to do in every city we could was ride around like the uh, the scooters. They had like bird and lime scooters, like battery sp- motor scooters. Like we had, some, we made some cool edits. It's, like that was sick. Um, it's, it's been a it's been a hot topic. Are you a fan or are you not a fan? I love them. I think they're fun <laughs> as hell. I think they're fun as hell. I could definitely see where they might get a little dangerous because like you can get going fast and and stuff but man they we had a blast we love them um i but i saw uh some instagram it was like trash birds or like birds or like death to scooters or some shit like bird all graveyard. pictures where um yeah bird gravy <laughs> yeah yeah and they just every they're just destroying them because they hate them um <laughs> I, yeah yeah i think that's hilarious but i thought they were wicked fun um 
other crazy stories we had cockroaches in our van like the whole trip so that was <laughs> yeah so that was exciting um good source of protein good source of protein yeah all right i'll let you i'll let you try it. you let me know how to <laughs> um other than that it was just crazy traveling the country with like three of my best friends um one of them my buddy Shafe here he's in the room you should just say hi real quick hey guys it's Shafe. Yo, yo i actually What's can't up, hear man? anything they're saying no he, he can't hear you can't hear anything but um he was my dude. He he does all the video and pictures, and we live together also. So it was surreal for us to be able to travel the country together. Uh, our my buddy Dan Rolex Daytona, who I mentioned, and my brother came, and he tour managed and drove uh, for most of it. And um, it was it was just a crazy continuous experience moment. Like the whole time, we just look at each other and be like, "Yo, we're we're just out here doing this. Like it's crazy." Um, but yeah, no like crazy get wasted and throw up stories, unfortunately. No, man, that we're, we're looking for it. That's good enough. The experience yeah. sounds pretty righteous. Yeah. What about real. Nick? What about like expectations versus reality? Like, what were you thinking before going out on tour, and like, how was it actually? You know, when you're finishing up. Dude, I did not think it was gonna go half as well as it went. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> yeah, we. I because. Yeah, we were worried. First, we were just worried about making the trips in general, like all the driving and like having enough energy and being able to eat like decent meals, like not fast food all the time. Um, but honestly, we killed it. Like I I pr- like when you're independent, you got to set I mean, this was like a really nice setup tour. Like all the stops were laid out. We knew exactly where we were going. Uh, all we had to do was just get ourselves there. Um, so once we kind of got the hang of it on the first couple ones, you know, do the show, pack up, hit the hotel, sleep as long as you can. We all got to wake up and we all got to get moving. Um, once we got into the rhythm, it, we were just moving like a machine. Like it was sick, (coughs) straight squad. Um, but yeah, we, I was thinking it was going to be way rougher than it really was. Um, definitely moments of exhaustion, definitely moments of like, oh shit, like, but, um, yeah, other than that, the shows, I, so I'd never done a real full set on stage before prior to going on tour. I mean, I've done small performances here and there, but never enough to really develop a onstage presence and figure out what I wanted to do. Like, forget about performing, like, I barely even performed. But um, first cup, first show was real rough and felt super awkward. Slept on it super hard that night. Like was like, oh man, I do not want to like do that bad again. Second show felt like a complete one eighty. Like something clicked. Like I found, like I unlocked a couple more like skills. And then by the Virginia show, like everything kind of came together, and that felt like the first like real like all right, like, we banged everything out, killed all the songs, killed all the speeches, crowd loved it, everything was sick. Um, and I didn't think it was going to get, we were going to get that good that quick. And then after that, like, pretty much every show felt like it was getting better. Like, we would call, like, like call my mom or my dad or someone or call one of our managers be like, yo, like, it got better tonight. Next night, like, yo, it got better tonight. Like, yo, like, 
it got better tonight. Like <laughs> it was, it was like, it was crazy. So definitely did not imagine that. Really, really didn't know what to fully expect. Didn't know, you know, how cool it would be to hang out with all the other bands and like how they're just a bunch of like kids too. Just like they just stuck with music and like they ended up on this tour too. Like just super cool. Um, but the reality was way better than the expectation was. That's well, awesome. That's, uh, that's definitely what you want to hear. Um, and to to go on top of that, it it doesn't beat that you know doing what you love, like you said, with your best friends uh, at your side. Like it doesn't get much better than that. And you know, regardless, I'm I'm glad I'm glad it went you know better than expectations. But like that's all you can really ask for. Like doing doing what you love. Um, and I, I noticed that uh, I guess your boy Shafe's the one with the the camera and all the the recording skills. Yeah, yeah, Shafe is the one who is always shaking shaking himself next to me on stage. Fucking. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. so what do you guys have for uh, aside from like tour clips? You have music videos. Uh, where can we find all that shit? Yeah, so um, if you want to head over to my YouTube page, just search Nick Gray. Uh, you could find it off probably any of my socials. Um, the last video we dropped was Fairweather, Shave? Yep. Last video we dropped was for a track called Fairweather, uh, Junkyard Setting, Dark, Gritty, like, Banger Song. Um, before that, we dropped a video to a song called Playlist off Northside, kind of like yeah, a that's, more... that's my um, jam. Yeah. That's my, fa- uh, my favorite one. Yeah, more like emotional, hitting home, like some real stuff, talking about pops, talking about the grind. Um, and then before that, we did one for juggling, and we also have one for favors. Um, and besides that, we just got a bunch of stuff in the tank. We're just mixing together, see what we're going to get, so. Well, I won't, uh, I won't have you elaborate too much and expose your hand too early, but uh, talk to us a little bit about kind of what's next in terms of like projects, um, in terms of merchandise, want to hear from you, uh, see what's in the pipeline. Yeah, so we just released uh, our merch to for sale. Uh, we got a merch site, nickgray.bigcartel.com. Um, I got the two bittersweet shirts up there. Uh, they were the ones we were selling on tour. Um, there's also a hat that's sold out right now. But um, we just did first run of merch, so go check that out. Um, we also... That was all we dropped. But um, as far as going on to the next, I mean... It's just a continuous cycle of making new music, making new material, new videos, taking new pictures. So I guess, you know, my strategy is I don't say, okay, I'm going to make a project. I kind of just get back into the creating mode, kind of create as much as I can for a certain amount of time, see what sticks out of all that stuff and, you know, see how we can package it. Yeah, we, we've, we've dabbled a little bit. Um with some beta testing and some designs in terms of merchandise, but it is a tough game, my friend. So oh, yeah. I respect the fact that you guys have kind of pinned it down to a T. I've checked it out. It's good stuff. We'll make sure to throw it up on uh, on our Instagram so that we kind of spread the good word. Cool, man. Um, but, but we'll make sure to kind of transition now a little bit more into kind of the personal life side of things. A sure. um, little bit of easier questions for you. Cool. Uh, would love to hear from you who your current day or or in the past who your favorite artist was. Oh, dude, I can never pick. Uh, I can never do like a one favorite. 
I love. You can you can give us you can give us like five. If yeah, you want. yeah. I mean Drake, Kanye, uh, J Electronica, um, sort of hip hop stuff, and then you know I love the Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Jimmy stuff. Um, yeah. You know I, that I great little lineup. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a little lineup. What but are your I, thoughts on uh, JID? JID, uh, I'm sort of familiar with his stuff. From what I heard, he's crazy. He's his lyrical is like insane. Um, yeah, sir. Like yeah, yeah. He's 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 dope. He's dope. Beats are dope. Videos are dope. Music's dope. He's dope. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see him blow up. I'm excited to see this J Cole uh, revenge collab. It's yeah. gonna be fucking popping off. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. Harry, Tom, you got anything for us? Um, uh, I, I I sort of have this running question and argument um, often when I talk about rap. Are you a Nas guy or are you a Jay Z guy? And there's only one right answer. Yeah, I don't know. I see. I don't pick sides. Ah. <laughs> that's a good answer. I like that. I don't pick yeah, sides. That's a great Steve. answer. I don't pick sides Stand in anything, consistent. man. I don't pick sides in anything. He, he already mentioned that. He already mentioned it. Yeah. Not a mumble, mumble rap thing or a lyrical thing. Yeah, I like them Spot both. For, I like them both for different reasons. So I mean, I don't. I don't want to have to pick. I want everything. So I'm gonna get everything as long as I can. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how have you? Uh, how have you kind of managed to juggle just you know being independent um, as an artist and life on the road, just both kind of like psychologically and financially and all of the above uh life on the road for the one month that i did it was like a constant best high of my life and as soon as we got off me and shafe we basically fell into a depression for like two weeks <laughs> <laughs> like we called it post-tour depression because it was like fuck like every night we're doing exactly what we like to do and people like it it is sick that we get home and nobody knows what we do and they were just like <laughs> we're just like normal guys like working and like riding the train and yeah but basically the only juggling I do first of all I got to say I don't juggle for nothing so <laughs> it's all going to cover something um but basically man it's just balancing working to make money to pay for the music and that is just kind of what most people deal with in life which is figuring out how to stay motivated every day when life seems arduous and not changing and unhopeful it's just pushing through you got to find little things that make you push through and that's that's the only thing that we deal with every single day well said, man. Yeah, I, I got I got a bit of a a, a lighter hearted question. Um, so, if you were stranded on an island and could only eat one thing, what would it be? Oh, trail mix. Trail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, high protein. You're, you're got surviving some on trail there. mix for three courses a day. <laughs> Might as well. Love it. I hear that. I hear That's that. That's a good answer. I like that one. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, uh, I think that's, that's about it. Do you, do you have anything else you want to uh, leave us off here with? Anything you want to tell your fans? Anything we missed tonight? Um, first of all, I appreciate everyone who listens to the music. I appreciate everyone who likes, comments, 
say what says what's up in the DMs. I appreciate all that. It makes me smile. Um, so as long as you guys are still rocking with it, I'm going to keep doing it. So, I mean, I'm going to keep doing it regardless because I like it, but I'm glad you lo- <laughs> I'm glad you like it too. So um, that's really it for me. I'm just appreciative. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we're appreciative of your time. Obviously, you're busy and uh, obviously tired. So we'll go ahead and let you go. But, you know, we'll continue to spread the love get the word out there about Nick Gray and um, continue to spread the music and hopefully make it transcendent. So we do appreciate it, brother. Yo, many thanks, guys. Absolutely. Take care of yourself, all right? All righty. Peace out, fellas. Peace. Later. Well, again, special thanks to Nick Gray for coming on board, giving us a little bit of an insight uh, to his life on the road as well as his career as an independent in the music industry. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap things up here tonight at End of Regulation. We'll turn it over to some buzzer beaters. Harrison will kick us off here. Close us out, kid. Yeah, uh, just a couple of quick things. Uh, one kind of big biggest news of the day, I threw up an Instagram post about it. Kyler Murray has declared for the NFL draft. Uh, now, that doesn't necessarily, this might be just a play to get the Oakland A's to, you know, figure out that they're fucking up and actually just like pay them some, some serious nice. money. Um, but he's got 72 hours to rescind his declaration into the draft. You like those words? A little vocab on this Monday night. Um, and so uh, that'll be really interesting to see if if, uh, if this is just a play to get his money or if he's serious. I mean, he said that he's determined to, to get into the NFL and prove himself. Um, would you know, if if he does stay in, we can talk about where he, we think he'll land in the draft. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury mentioned in October that if he were an NFL GM, he'd take Kyler with the number one pick. You know, coincidentally enough, the Arizona Cardinals now have the number one pick. Um, and then the other one I was going to talk about, uh, I watched the first two episodes of True Detective last night. I think this, this season is, is looking really, really bright. Kind of back to the season one. Uh, style of it, getting away from that kind of season two um, that kind of flopped in a lot of people's want to eyes. Back, obviously, um, so himself, for all you listeners who have not seen know, it yet, the first two episodes are on mind, HBO. Go check it out. This is just a PR stunt for him to get more money. Obviously, this is the overlying question, overarching question, but do you think he's trying to get more money or do you think he's actually thinking he's got a shot in the NFL after winning the Heisman? I think he's, I think he's actually got a shot. And I, I, you know, He's very Russell Wilson- you know, Drew Brees-esque, even Baker Mayfield-esque uh, in, in terms of athleticism, um, passing ability. He, he you know, he only, runs the ball a bit, you know, I've quite a bit, but he really sees football. himself as a pass-first quarterback. I mean, obviously he's good at baseball. Um, and so I think, he, you know, for, he's got uh, he's for, should have for all the confidence in, baseball, in the world to think that he can make it. Um, He's a center field right fielder, and last year for Oklahoma, yeah, he, was a, he, I mean, he was had a, a 296 average, a which was second best on the team. Uh, 10 home runs, second best on the team. 10 stolen bases, second best on the team. 43 RBIs, second best on the team. Um, and, you know, this is all as a junior. So, I mean, yeah, he's he's the real deal. Um, so the kid can play. And, and I'm, I'm sure that his, his arm is probably the most impressive asset in terms of his, his baseball uh, persona. I would love to see him play. I know I'm going to be tuning into some Oklahoma baseball this season, especially if he sticks around and backs out of the draft. Um, but yeah, it's a little ridiculous to be demanding 15 million dollars um, for 
We'll we'll see. I hope he gets paid. Pay the man. No, bite. I like this. Well, the only reason I say I'm disagreeing because if you got the ability to go to either sport, you might as well try to leverage the fact that you can go to the NFL. So this team that has contract rights over you that drafted you, the Oakland Athletics, you know, you might as well try to leverage the shit out of the, you know, the prospect of, of not even coming to play for them and going to the NFL. I said it earlier on Instagram. I was, uh, Gardner, I was talking to, to uh, Dana, and I was like, the MLB should want Kyler in the MLB just as much as the Oakland A's want Kyler on their team. Because you need, as the MLB, like, is, you know, in this power struggle to, to remain, like, you know, a, a prominent, you know, American sport or even a worldwide sport. Yeah. And it's not really going that, you know, anywhere, but I know, like, there's always yeah. talks about popularity no, decreasing I, and things well, like that. Well, we should that. definitely stay on top of it. I just, big names I, I don't sport have the get. testicular people fortitude market, to people that put turn down $4 million guaranteed dollars just for showing up in, in March. I yep. just couldn't do it. I like that play on words. We've got like a linguistical fucking masterpiece going today. Just throwing out words, educating the people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that lyricism. All right, baby. All right, well, Tom, why don't you, why don't you kick it off for us uh, with some buzzer beaters? Yeah. I think we're, um, we're, just, we're just inspired by another by special word I have um, for Coach K, Zion, RJ Barrett. Losers. Um, just. <laughs> just a few minutes ago, um, Syracuse upset Duke at Cameron Indoor, 85-81 in overtime. Um, and on that note, the ACC is up for grabs. you got Virginia Tech UVA tomorrow night at UVA. That's going to be hype. Uh, UVA is ranked uh, third, I think. I think Duke, uh, Michigan, UVA, Tennessee. And so, obviously, that's going to be shaken up. The number one ranking's up for grabs. Top of the ACC is up for grabs. Uh, buckle in. College basketball is just beginning. This is where it gets good. This is where you start paying attention. You know, the games you pick in March are determined on these games on television right now. Don't be left out. Don't be that guy come March that just auto-picks your bracket. Listen up. Do your homework. And watch these basketball games because there's a lot of talent a lot of NBA talent, and it's just, it's exciting, it's fun, it's, its you know, college basketball at its best. Yeah, and, and I'll add to that, Tom, uh, UVA and Duke play this upcoming weekend at Cameron Indoor, so that's a that's a big game, and I actually watched the game versus Florida State, Duke-Florida State, this past weekend, and if Duke is going to be as good as they can be, Cam Reddish needs to get more involved on in the offense. He played fucking lights out against Florida State, he hit that game winner, three ball with two seconds well, left in, in that Florida State the game there. Zion didn't even play um, the so, second half you know, he left gonna with be, an eye injury if they're going to make the run so, in the tournament uh, and ultimately win it you think it's time to bench you know, they, Zion they got to have all three guys maybe he's not, not maybe not he's not the best RJ player on Duke Zion. I don't know wow hot wow. take but right. we'll see yeah. well uh, shout out to co-host Brent aka Shakes we'll see. who's moving from Florida to Tennessee who couldn't join us tonight you were missed but not really. Um, as always, thank you all for joining us tonight. If you are not already, please remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It is our lifeblood. So please go ahead and check us out. If anything other than that, go ahead and find us on iTunes and subscribe now so that you can listen to episodes weekly and that you're up to date on everything that is sports and entertainment. 
Lastly, stay tuned for more special guests to come. Look for MLS winger Edward Apoku from Columbus Crew coming in to talk to us a little bit about his career from Ghana to the States to playing Major League Soccer. We'll see you next week. And to play us out off of his 2018 project, special guest Nick Gray, Advocate. Ladies and gentlemen, we out. Peace. Their revenge by success tasting so sweet Make them beg, make them beg down on both knees Spending time getting bread make you lonely Spending time making friends make you broken with, yeah I know I'm distant, I know she misses In times that matter, yeah, I know I missed them I was playing devil's advocate This what happened when the devil is your advocate What it costs and it costs you Paranoia guess you thinking everyone gon' cross you I guess it's what I wanted And I play OT and stay OD I spent that money, put it all on me And that money came back like it wasn't gon' leave I ain't got no leash I don't do no dirt that I wouldn't dig, no And I don't take no risk that I wouldn't risk, no That revenge by success tasting so sweet Make them beg, make them beg down on both knees Spending time getting bread make you lonely Spending time making friends make you broken with, yeah I know I'm distant, I know she misses In times that matter, yeah, I know I missed them I was playing devil's advocate This what happened when the devil is your advocate Cause it help me concentrate Tunnel vision like I'm only going straight Going straight, going straight I will never at my age If I'm broke, I will never at my wage Fuck on my face I fuck up when I need release Aggressive and needed some love But that love is too far to reach But still I'm gon' reach I know what I want, don't have what I need Subconscious be fucking up all of my dreams So much to the point that I don't really sleep I can't get no sleep and it fucking with me Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging that revenge by success tastes so sweet. Make them back, make them back down on both knees. Spending time getting bread make you lonely. Spending time making friends make you broken with. Yeah. I know I'm distant, I know she misses. In times that matter, yeah, I know I missed them. I was playing devil's advocate. This what happened when the devil is your advocate.